So all through the season of Lent, we have uh, sought to uh, walk in His steps, to know of Jesus more fully, to be drawn to Him, and in being drawn to Him, find ourselves uh, stronger in, 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 in every way. And not just for us to be stronger, but for our witness to be more clear in, in all that we do, that Christ has done a great thing, that indeed He has lived and, and died and rose again. And so we proclaim that as we walk in His steps. So there's no turning back as we seek to give our lives over to Him. Thanksgiving Day has the Macy's Day Parade. Uh, we, uh, down through the years, have made a practice of uh, watching that parade filled with all sorts of inflatables. Uh, we, uh, we know that on New Year's Day, there is the uh, uh, Tournament of Roses Parade uh, filled with some of the most beautiful floats in, uh, in, in all the world. Uh, it's uh, wonderful to see that at the beginning of every new year. And here in and around the, the Louisville area, uh, we have the uh, Kentucky Derby Festival Pegasus Parade. And it is, in its own way, a very special parade, attended by lots and lots of people. It'll be somewhat different this year, to be sure, but at least there'll be uh, some uh, degree of parade. You know, the Pegasus Parade uh, brings to mind for me a lot of fond memories. Uh, we... Uh, used to gather uh, every year, back when the boys were much smaller, back when we were here at St. John for our first, uh, our first time, we would, uh, we would gather together, uh, Brian, John, and I. We would uh, make our way into my mom and dad's house. We would catch the city bus. We would make our way into downtown. We would meet Cheryl at Norton's Hospital as she was getting off work. And we would go to the, uh, the Kentucky Derby Festival Parade. It was a big adventure. We joined thousands of other people along Broadway, uh, looking at all the, the floats that went by, heard the marching bands, and laughed at the clowns. It was a wonderful time and a memory that I will uh, never forget. And so today, we, uh, we consider a parade a parade of a, of a different sort. And we, uh, we celebrate that parade, that triumphant entry, as we um, come together today on Palm Sunday. And we read today, focusing in on uh, that parade of a different sort, on John 12, verses 12 through 19. So let's, uh, let's hear this from God's Word. Again, John 12, 12 through 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palms and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these th things had been written about him 
and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he, was, when he uh, called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this thing is, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless and keep each and every one of us. Well, the week of Christ's death began with him making a, a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And as we've already said, the parade that formed was a parade of a, of a different sort, a parade that was filled with, with all sorts of meaning. It was Passover week, and people from all over the, the, the region, if not the known world, had descended upon uh, Jerusalem. There was all sorts of uh, things going on. It was thought that, uh, that people... Uh, Righteous Jews needed to celebrate uh, Passover at least once in their life in the holy city of Jerusalem. And so hence, people would come from, from all over to do just that, to celebrate Passover in the holy city. And there was always a lot going on in Jerusalem during, during Passover. People not only took in the sights and the sounds, but they in, engaged in, in whatever it was that was going on. And so as Jesus uh, entered Jerusalem, people were astir to, to catch a glimpse of him. They just wanted to, to see this one that they, they, they had heard about. They, they wanted to engage in that parade that was now forming. As they were coming, uh, Jesus and his disciples and others from Bethany, Folk would, would rush uh, out, to the, out, out of the city gates, and, and there really was a, a crowd that began to form as Jesus entered Jerusalem. Now, the news about Jesus had, uh, had spread far and, and wide. His, his reputation preceded him. People began to hear about his teachings and how they had a way of transforming life. They had heard about his signs and, and wonders, great miracles that had, had taken place, demonstrating the very power of God. In fact, uh, just before Jesus entered Jerusalem, he raised Lazarus from the dead. That's a major league miracle, and the word of that uh, raising of Lazarus had, had really uh, had, had really spread far and wide, and, and, and it gained everybody's attention, and that helped, uh, as the Scripture even reports, uh, had, had helped that, uh, that, that crowd to begin to gather. And so those that gathered there as Jesus entered the holy city of Jerusalem shouted, and yes, I said shouted, they were that excited to see Jesus. They were that caught up in the crowd. And they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the, the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king 
of Israel. They, they were of the mind that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah that had been promised centuries before. No wonder they were ready to celebrate. Now, it'd be good for us to, uh, to just kind of hold there and consider celebration and how celebration is a part of our own spiritual lives, how celebration is a part of our common life together. I wonder, how are we celebrating Christ? How are you celebrating Christ? And how is that sort of thing playing out in your life? How excited are you about Jesus? Every one of us would do well to to pause and consider how we are celebrating the fact of Christ in our lives. And if we are excited about Christ in our lives, how is that excitement being translated? How is it being reflected in how we live our lives? Celebration. Celebration of the fact that Christ is in us. Celebration of the fact that Christ is working through us and is reflected not only in our worship, but reflected in the ways that we deal not only with our certain circumstances in life, but how we are in relationship with others. You and I, along with those who, who gathered there as Jesus entered Jerusalem, ought to be shouting. And if not literally, then with hearts that are dancing with joy on account of the fact that Jesus is in our lives. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Thank God Jesus has come and that he is a part of our lives. Such praise has a way of warming our hearts. Such praise has a way of spilling over into the rest of our lives as we celebrate the very fact of Christ in us. The couple of times that I've had the privilege to, uh, to, to go to Africa, I've been overwhelmed by the, the, the celebrating that goes on when the people gather to worship. And I gotta tell you, they really go to it. What they do is, is loud and boisterous. It's from the very beginning to the very end of the worship. There are a lot of instruments that are at play. There are, there are drums, there are tambourines, there are bells and cymbals. There's even a, a, a round circle of, uh, of iron, and, and when, when hit, it has this sort of clanging sound, but it, it's sort of... Uh, uh, makes for the, the bed of everything that's going on. It's a, it's a very important sound in the mix of the, of, the, of, of the worship that goes on there. The people are unashamed in their celebration of Christ in their lives. You get that uh, feel from the very second that the worship starts. King David was that way. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, he uh, it's recorded that he leapt and he danced before the Lord as the Ark of the Covenant made its way into the city of David. When Michal, the, the daughter of uh, King Saul, uh, saw him do that, he, 
she, she called him out and, and, uh, and, and really chastised him for, for, for what he had done. That, that was not what a king should be doing, she said. And he exclaimed, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. Even more undignified than this as he celebrated the very presence of God in his midst. It's easy to get caught up in the crowd. We, uh, we do that all the time. We do that at, uh, at, at ball games. Uh, we, we do that at parades. We, we do that in all sorts of, of ways. You know, we witnessed during the last election cycle how, how people could get caught up in the crowd. It's easy to get caught up in the, the flow of what's going on around us and, uh, and, and, and reflect the, the very things that, that, that are going on. You know, we, uh, we find ourselves uh, just in the flow of what's going on. Every one of us have looked with amazement at uh, what's gone on in the Suez Canal, the plight of that 200,000-ton uh, container ship. It's nearly a quarter of a mile long, and it's stuck diagonally from side to side in the Suez Canal. All sorts of uh, tankers and container ships are, are backed up. A backlog of some uh, $9 billion in, uh, in commerce every day. I understand that fierce winds and even a sandstorm made uh, visibility really, really tough there in the Suez Canal last Tuesday. The vessel is now wedged and they're working feverishly to try to get the thing in, in right fashion so that it can, can go on its way, notwithstanding, so everybody else can go on their way. We, too, will run aground if we let the prevailing winds that blow around us dictate the course we take. And let's face it, there are prevailing winds all around us seeking to guide and direct who we are and what we're about. Those sort of influences that have play in our lives. And unless we find ourselves uh, well grounded in Christ, we will be uh, susceptible to those prevailing winds. They, in fact, will dictate our course. Aside from those who uh, earnestly wanted to offer their praise to Jesus as he uh, entered the uh, holy city, there were a lot of others who were just caught up in the stuff of Passover week in Jerusalem. They simply got caught up in the crowd. I've always, uh, always thought that many of the same people who uh, shouted their hosannas early in the week were some of the same ones later in the week who also stood and shouted, crucify him, crucify him. You know, we're sort of uh, fickle in that way when we uh, let the prevailing winds of, uh, of the crowd and of the masses dictate uh, who we are and, and what we do. Again, if we're not well grounded in what we believe, we should not be surprised when we find ourselves all over the place 
when it comes to living out our lives to Christ. I think we live in a tension, a tension of wanting to praise Christ. And sure, let, let's admit it, there is a, a deep desire in each of our lives to praise Christ. But yet that tension comes where we want to hold on to the things of the world and the sway that those same things have in our lives. And here in this Holy Week, we would do well to explore that tension, a desire to, to worship Christ, but also this, this sort of innate desire to follow the sway that the world has upon our lives. Jesus offers every opportunity for us to get ourselves righted. The cross all but seals that. We'll talk so much more about that as this week uh, unfolds before us. While we, we may not be guilty of shouting, crucify him, crucify him, like so many did uh, during Christ's trial, our sinful ways, let's admit it, our sinful ways are the very reason that Jesus went to the cross. In fact, he would have gone to the cross if you were the only one that was in need of salvation. Thank God that through the cross, Jesus paves the way for our salvation. And uh, quite honestly, that's every reason to be full of celebration. So today is a day for, for shouting loud hosannas. We uh, praise Christ for who He is and for what He's doing in our lives. This has always been an important day in the, the life of every Christian, certainly an important day within the life of the, of the church. It gives us opportunity to focus on the importance of praise, and we go ahead and do that. We find our, our hearts stirred to no end. The week ahead, though, has with it drastic uh, changes. This week changes in, in tone and in focus, just as it did the last week of Christ's life. In effect, what goes on during Holy Week is a, a move from celebration to sorrow. All too quickly, we spring from excitement and, and jubilation to the more serious consideration of sin and death, sort of the flow and rhythm of Holy Week. You know, that's not only the way that it is and the way that we will experience things as we move through this week together, but it's the way that it was. It's the rhythm of Holy Week, and it mirrors the very events that uh, took place in Christ's life the last week he spent here on earth, at least on the, the, the front side of his resurrection. The shift is, is almost more than we can comprehend. There's a lot that goes on this week. There was a lot that went on uh, the, the, the last week of Christ's life. It is hard to come to grips with the ebb and flow of, of all that takes place. Talk about an emotional roller coaster. We, we come into this place with palms in hand. We, we seek to offer our praise and thanksgiving to God 
uh, for Jesus. And, and yet, uh, here in just a few short days, this, this room will be full of darkness and we'll be contemplating our, our own mortality. We'll be contemplating our own sin. We'll be seeking uh, our, uh, our salvation in the shadow of the cross. So many leave Palm Sunday and they spring right to Easter without ever really considering what's in between. Let that not be said of us. Interestingly, attendance at Easter is always greater than it is on Good Friday, just the way that it is. We tend to just gloss over the pain and, 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 and starkness of the cross and hence miss what what that means for our lives, we will, we will never get to the, to, the, to the real base of what uh, God is trying to communicate in our lives if we, uh, if we don't consider the cross. For you see, without Friday, without the cross, without the death of Christ, there is no resurrection, there is no Sunday, there is no Easter. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is Palm Sunday, after all. Let's celebrate today. Praise is, is good for the soul. Let's res resolve, though, as we uh, embark upon this very holy week, to meet each day of this week as it comes. Let's do so in our worship, in our praying, in our study of Scripture, in our every contemplation of the great things that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. Those who greeted uh, Jesus as He entered Jerusalem picked up palm branches, and they waved those uh, branches in His direction and laid them down on, uh, on the road as a, as a carpet as He made His way into uh, the holy city of Jerusalem. And the scene was, was fit for a king. Yet in Christ's case, he was a king of a different sort. As we said, Jesus knew exactly what he was, uh, was doing as he, as he made his way into Jerusalem. He rode on the back of a, of a donkey. The donkey was uh, a symbol of humility, peace. And it filled a centuries-old prophecy uh, offered by the prophet Zechariah. You can find that prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. You see, Jesus was a prince of peace. Those looking for a conquering hero would have to look elsewhere. If Jesus was a conqueror, he was a conqueror over sin. He was a conqueror over sin and death, and in that sense, he was the, the greatest conqueror that has ever walked the face of this earth. Those who followed him would understand that. It's interesting that, uh, that the Scripture reports that the, that the disciples really didn't understand all that was going on but that they would understand upon Christ's death and resurrection. 
That was the case for them, and it's certainly the case for us. We have that great opportunity to understand deeply all that's going on as we look back upon not only Christ's death and what it means, but his resurrection as well. So today, we, uh, we, take, we take palms and we, uh, we wave them. And some of you, if not all of you got palms, pick them up and let's, uh, let's wave them. And we do so in all celebration. We, uh, we proclaim, uh, along with uh, those who gathered uh, there as Jesus uh, entered the holy city of Jerusalem, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's, uh, let's share that together. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, the interesting thing about palms is that uh, down through the centuries, the palms that were waved uh, on Palm Sunday were then gathered, and they were, uh, were then uh, dried out, and then they were burned, and they were uh, then uh, formed to make for the ashes that were used at the Ash Wednesday the, the next year. Now, I've got to tell you that I've tried that a number of times uh, during the years, and it has always been a classic fail. And so I have always visited to Nini's over in St. Matthew's. The Catholics know how to do that. I'll tell you what, but uh, I have never been able to do it. But you get the sense of what goes on. You know, the, these, these palms of celebration and triumph eventually lead us to a consideration of the sorrow and ensuing triumph of the cross. And yet again, they draw us to that, that very special rhythm, that flow of Holy Week. Let's commit then to living each and every moment of this week this special week, and not just a special week, this holy week, seeking to respond with our very lives, celebrating, sure, but contemplate, contemplating all the more the good thing that God has done in Jesus Christ. So the question, the challenging question for each of us is how will we respond. Years ago, uh, Clarence Jordan, author of the, the Cotton Patch Bible, some of you may be aware of that, uh, that uh, paraphrase of the Bible. He was the founder of uh, Koinonia Farm, sort of a, a commune, Christian commune, if you will. It's in America's uh, Georgia. He was uh, treated to a red carpet tour uh, by a local pastor there in the area where he was living uh, in, in regard to a, a brand new sanctuary that was built. And the pastor took all kinds of pride in pointing out what the, what the church had done and quite honestly sharing just how much they had spent. And they, the two stepped outside and, and the pastor even pointed out a large cross on the top of a, of a steeple. And he said that cross alone cost $10,000. And Jordan said this, you got cheated. You know, time was when, when people could get the cross free of charge, free of charge, all a matter of grace. You know, Jordan, Jordan was right. The cross is free. 
The cross is free for every person, even though it cost God severely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Make no mistake about it. The cross is a gift to you. Even though the world has, uh, has, has tried, there, there's no hiding the cross. And let's admit that there is, is every, uh, every flow in our, our culture today to, to hide, the, hide the cross. There, there's no sweeping things under the rug when it comes to the cross. The cross stands as testimony to the very love of God and the lengths that He will go to win us back. You and me. The lengths He will go to win us back. And so that's why this week is so special. It gives us the, uh, the opportunity to celebrate, to wave our palms literally and figuratively. But this week also gives us the opportunity to contemplate the great thing that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. To where Christ heads to the cross on our behalf, so that our sins might be forgiven, and so that we at once might be reconciled to Him. Will you join me in this journey? Will you continue to walk in His steps? Will you continue to journey through this special week, this holy week, as we seek to let God do His thing in us? Let's pray together. And so, God, we uh, here at the uh, very outset of Holy Week seek to give our lives to you. And we offer this earnest prayer that you would do with us what you will presently and in the days to come. And lead us, Lord, through this journey. And in that, may we know of you more fully and find ourselves at the, the end having, having given our lives to you through Christ. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. And how we thank you for your deep love, a love that was so great that you gave your only Son so that we might not perish but would have eternal life. Lord, we do ask this prayer in the name of Christ. Amen.